Hi everyone, my name is Maria Villablanca and I'm your host. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about supply chain agility, resilience, and sustainability. Our guest today, Kim Faulkner, is the Vice President Latin America End-to-End Supply Chain for Colgate Palmolive. We're going to be talking to Kim about Colgate's 2025 reimagined supply chain strategy, as well as the journey that they've had in implementing agility and resilience into their supply chain whilst building a sustainable agenda. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're you know, dialing in from New Jersey. Uh, you said it was just snowing cold, so uh, uh, you've got some snow still, apparently, yeah? Yes, yes, a lot, over two feet. Well, with on that note, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far? Great, uh, Maria, thank you. Very nice to, to be here and, and address the Transform audience. Uh, so I've spent the last uh, 22 years in Colgate's uh, supply chain, uh, starting from engineering and process design, moving into multiple operations management roles in, in the UK, Australia, uh, Tennessee, and, and, and China, uh, then taking on you know, many uh, opportunities we had in designing a supply network and, and a global manufacturing base that, that could be very flexible and agile. Uh, and now most recently in charge of our end-to-end supply chain for our Latin America division. Uh, Colgate's largest and, and one of the most complex uh, regions that we have to operate in. Um, I, you know, when I think about the last 22 years in, in supply chain, what's made me most excited uh, is to actually see the transformation of the supply chain function going from a, a really a cost center, a support center, uh, to a critical part of the value chain at Colgate and, and truly an enabler of, of growth, uh, not just kind of a cost engine. Uh, which is exciting. And I think that's exciting times for all supply chain professionals, especially nowadays, that its importance, you know, has really been elevated since the COVID pandemic as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I talk about this a lot with a lot of my guests, you know, where, you know, I use, I, I say it's the neighbor's test, you know, when I would say to my neighbors that I'm in supply chain, people would just look at me and go, oh, okay, not knowing what that is. Now they're telling me about supply chain, you know, they, so what's happening, you know, what's, uh, are we going to get toilet paper in our supermarket and uh, uh, how important it is with the vaccines and whatever. So no, it's really elevated um, the, the, uh, the, the, I guess the, the profile of supply chain, which I think should be pretty good in attracting talent, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Exciting times, really. I couldn't be more proud to be in a, in a function that's, that's, you know, front and center to people's health, hygiene, continuity of, of living, and, and even the social responsibility aspect. It's really exciting times in supply chain. So, so it, well, you, you took my first question from me, which was sort of, you know, what do you, how do you think this, the industry has changed and since you got into it? But how did you get into supply chain? Yeah, so I, probably like, like many, I, I came um, from a, a family environment that was very good at, at science and, and math, and, and that naturally led me into an engineering uh, degree. And, and then, as they say, the rest is, is history. Uh, I probably wasn't the best engineer in, in, in university or in college, but uh, the practical side of problem solving and, and communication and connections really has, has helped me, I think, progress uh, in the supply chain and connect the supply chain with the business, most importantly. Well, like you say, it's a lot of exciting times right now with, uh, with supply chain. I mean, obviously, this pandemic has just played havoc with everybody, hasn't it? And uh, both on a personal, financial, business level, but equally the opportunities that are coming out of it, like you say, 
uh, are pretty pretty significant. Let, let, let's let's talk about agility because that's something that we keep hearing over and over again. Over mm-hmm. you know, I guess even before the pandemic, but certainly now, mm-hmm. um, we know that you guys have committed to designing more agile supply chains, uh, which was part of your 2020 strategy, if that's correct. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about how you're going about this and why it's important uh, that you embark on this journey? Sure. Uh, as you said, agility was was really one of the most important things of our 2020 supply chain strategy, but it's even more important in our new reimagine uh, 2025 end-to-end supply chain. Um, and when I think about agility, agility means many things to many different stakeholders. Um, and if I think about first, you know, our current customers and, and what they are expecting of us uh, in being agile, uh, and for us, that's all about being able to deliver unplanned demand. Um, and, and whether that's measured in you know, speed and days, but for us, we, we really pivoted and started to measure that in, in dollar sales. And that made a very big difference to make that agility of the supply chain very tangible to our internal business partners, but also our external customers. Um, and, and by doing that, you know, we really pushed our supply chain in, into being agile from all different uh, aspects, having a truly global and regional flexible network that we can turn on or turn off in a matter of, of weeks, um, having suppliers that truly had capacity and capability to manage uncertainty in, in demand, which certainly was the case last year with, with COVID. Um, and also having um, you know, systems and processes that really were designed and we could leverage in uncertain times, not just in certain, in certain times. Uh, so agility on existing customers, that's what it means to us and how we're approaching it. Uh, agility in emerging retailers, which is a lot of, I know uh, many of us are dealing with in the CPG industry, those emerging retailers of e-commerce uh, in Latin America, specifically discounters, last milers, uh, agility for them is who's going to come first to the table with the capabilities that they may be lacking to manage the, the scale and trajectory that their business is growing. So coming to the table with logistics efficiency opportunities, with data and analytics capabilities that help uh, them be agile enough to grow. Um, and then lastly, agility, a very big portion is, is around uh, agility for our consumers and our innovation pipeline. Uh, and that's all about speed to market. Uh, in today's you know, world, uh, again, especially in CPG, consumers are changing their, their wants and desires on, a, on an hourly basis. Uh, and the faster that we get to market, the faster we can capture those, those sales and those consumers' uh, hearts and minds. Uh, so for us, that's really been dissecting um, our somewhat complex um, uh, timelines and processes, cross-functional alliances, uh, in order to, to really get that speed to market time reduced um, and, and challenging you know, our risk-taking level and, and having this concept of what is safe to try. Uh, that has helped us. We still have a long journey to go, but another area of, of agility that's important uh, for our business growth and, and our, our mindset in, in supply chain. Uh, and like I said, that agility and resilience is a critical component of our global 2025 reimagined strategy. But, but you know, uh, clearly, I mean, you guys were thinking about this before the pandemic, which is very, very timely. Mm-hmm. Now, most supply chain leaders are thinking about, I mean, if they haven't already, implementing this kind of agile working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to some of the supply chain leaders? You know, uh, I, I love to say this because it is true. 
you know, they're in the middle of dealing with this pandemic, dealing with the day-to-day operation. This seems like a really big initiative, a really big strategy, right? Um, what practical advice do you have for people? Yeah, I think first and foremost, agility starts with really understanding resiliency and, and understanding where those vulnerable, you know, spots are. Um, for instance, you know, how, how robust of a, a supplier network uh, do you have? Uh, what is its vulnerability to, to economic, to political turmoil, uh, to hurricanes? We talk a lot about hurricanes and the impact to a lot of some of our supply in, in Colgate. So really understanding that vulnerability and, and the ability to, to be resilient when those things hit, um, that gained us an awful lot of learning that we could build upon uh, to be more, more agile and where we had to put some new capabilities, uh, capabilities in. Uh, the second thing is also actively managing contingencies. Uh, this to me was probably one of our superpowers through, through COVID uh, was it, a contingency plan was very active and it was constantly managed even before a crisis. I mean, that is a core component of our uh, resilience efforts in, in Colgate. I love how you use the word superpower, you know, because it, it did require super, you know, superhuman effort in some instances. We didn't know it was coming. We still don't, you know, left or right, what, you know, what you're doing for the CPG industry, like you say, it's quite tough. Um, what would you say was your biggest learning in this process so far? Because I know it's a 2025 strategy, so, so far. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit the first um, uh, big learning was really how resilient and committed our teams were. Uh, the, the, the Colgate prides uh, that we have and, and the rolling up all of our sleeves and digging in was even more powerful than I ever imagined. I knew it was a strength, but I didn't know it was the, the biggest strength. So that's one, and that's one that we need to continue to cultivate. I think we also learned you know, a lot about more about our processes and systems and where we could take more risk. Uh, mm-hmm. And until you're faced with a crisis at the level that we uh, had, and the business opportunity we had, you didn't really get into the to the weeds as much as we did. And, and that has brought us so many more opportunities um, to be more agile, as we talked earlier. Do you know what's really telling about your response right now is um, the fact that not once did you mention really, you know, sexy technology. You talked about people and then you talked about processes. Do you think sometimes supply chain leaders get sort of uh, distracted by buzzwords and hype and noise and talk about, I don't know, AI, ML, and don't get me wrong, I know they're important, Mm -hmm. but, you know, do you think that more time should be spent on better processes, on building better teams? I I do, but I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I I think understanding first, you know, what are you trying to solve for, um, and then the technology aspect becomes important. But putting the technology conversation before understanding what trying to solve can lead you into a path that doesn't result in in probably as great of a business benefit as it could. Um, so again, not mutually exclusive, but but definitely you know the human element and 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 how work gets done um, was shown during COVID, uh, and the technology supported it. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the technology, right? Let's talk about and then this is process too. Um, in order to achieve end-to-end visibility, which is the holy grail of what people want to want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Analytics plays a big part in that. Data plays a big part in that. Uh, it seems that, you know, a lot of supply chain leaders are beginning to, well, maybe not beginning, but they're really coming to understand the importance of having, having analytics capabilities. 
uh, especially leaders that are in the demand demand planning space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit more about your commitment to making greater use of uh, analytics, you know, to further achieve uh, your, you know, operational excellence? Yeah. Uh, great. I mean, data analytics is a space that I'm even continuing to, to learn uh, a lot about, and so is my, my team. It's a very complex space, but a very powerful one. Uh, for me, good analytics starts with data. Great analytics is a combination of good data and great business questions. Um, and, 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 and learning the, you know, putting the, the cart before the horse on, on going after tools and analytics without, again, asking those right business questions is, is important. Um, for us, our, our strategy around uh, data analytics, first on data is to really make sure we have a, have a centralized data strategy that links with the business's data strategy. And we want to solve business problems, not just supply chain problems. So that's yeah. integral. And then uh, what we call democratizing analytics, making sure our folks on the ground that are operating our manufacturing plants in, in China or our customer, uh, customer engagement teams in Mexico have access to the data and tools for them to be able to analyze and, and prepare um, advanced analytics for their own market needs. Um, for us, our priorities of using data and analytics have been focused um, and will continue to focus around synchronizing demand and supply. In that constant, uncertain you know, world, that continues to be something we can continue to, to optimize with deep data and analytics. Uh, we are working on optimizing quality testing to, to take a lot of our, our history and our data uh, and applying new ways of, of thinking about risk levels to that and, and using some of the technology we have in our operations. Uh, it's using a really exciting data and analytics to help us do predictions of commodity prices and the interdependencies, yeah. which I know all of us are dealing with, especially in, in this year as costs continue to, to accelerate. Um, and last, something um, that I think is also really exciting is using data and analytics with our customers and bringing to the table um, some deep analyses that can help on-shelf availability, uh, which then ultimately helps a customer sales and, and Colgate sales. Okay, brilliant. Now I'm going to ask you a question that, that is, again, is something that we really love about you guys. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole story that you've got, and it's not just story because you not just talk the talk, you walk the walk, uh, is your commitment to sustainability. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to find out a little bit more about your 2025 sustainability uh, strategy, uh, especially your environmental preservation uh, pledge. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about what's in store for you guys in this sustainability space? Yeah, and great you brought it up. It's such a sense of, of pride, you know, working for a company that, that puts sustainability, you know, first. And that's been a journey for us. Uh, we've just finished um, our 2020 uh, sustainability strategy, the final year. And, and that was all around uh, three areas, people, performance, and planning. And we're quite proud of, of what we were able to accomplish. We, you know, a few things. We reached 1.3 billion kids with our Bright Smiles, Bright Future oral health education, uh, which is amazing and, and again, very uh, deep in, in my heart. Um, we also were able to um, make sure that 99% of our new products were more, more sustainable. Uh, and we were able to deliver wow. 50 How many did you just say? How many? 99% of our new products are now all much more sustainable, which is, which is important. Wow. Um, and then obviously greenhouse, uh, greenhouse um, you know, gas and, and our emissions have been a, a very big component of, of our prior strategy. And I'll talk a little more about our, our future strategy. 
but we've been able to reduce, you know, the water usage in our operations by 50%, for, for example, um, and our energy by over about one third. So very proud of what we've done, but there's so much more work uh, to be done. And that's why we um, have refreshed and, and created even more ambitious goals under our 2025 sustainability uh, pledge. Um, and those all focus around uh, delivering social impact. That's something very important to us, especially as a uh, consumer goods and particularly health and hygiene company. Uh, it has um, uh, sustainability uh, aspects in helping millions of homes to be more sustainable. Uh, Colgate brand is actually in more homes than any other brands uh, around the world. So we take that very um, important. Uh, and then lastly, as you mentioned, the preserving the impact, last certainly not, not least. And, really excited, two very big ambitious pledges that we've made over the next uh, several years. Uh, we will achieve net carbon zero as a company by 2040. I know a lot of companies have made similar pledges and it's great because we're gonna be able to use the, the power of our collective um, industry ecosystem to, to achieve that. Uh, obviously it's gonna be very tough, um, but you don't, you don't get a goal that ambitious without setting it out and putting it on paper. Um, we're doing a lot with renewable energy. Um, yeah. So by 2030, we'll be 100% on renewable energy, which is really exciting, especially in supply chain, which are, we know our operations tend to lead to, you know, more emissions. Um, and we're going to reduce the new plastic that we're going to use by one third um, by mm -hmm. 2025, which is very important. And, and obviously on the, on the tops of minds of, of many uh, CEOs, activists, and, and just in general, the, the, the population of the new generation. Uh, so really excited. Um, you know, our sustainability strategy is bold, ambitious, and we're going to build upon the successes that we, we've had. And um, how important is it for you to have a team around you that believes in the same goals and, uh, the, and objectives that you guys have as a business? Yeah, so, so important. I mean, sustainability, I, I think, as I mentioned, the evolution of supply chain, right, going into really a value chain, I think sustainability went through the same type of journey for us. It was something that that started really within our operations, um, you know, 20 years ago in supply chain, yeah. and it's grown to be something that the businesses is embracing. Uh, and that was a critical component to our new sustainability strategy. It is owned by the business. So it's gone, you know, very beyond just it's the, you know, a supply chain uh, ledge, you know, responsibility. Um, it's well beyond just the planet, you know, um, uh, making the planet a better place, you know, for all of us. Uh, it's now an integral part into our business strategy uh, and having that, you know, having questions for our business leaders on, you know, where, how are we doing with our new recyclable tube, you know, um, expansion is, is just great. And it's amazing, um, you know, how much uh, it's getting, you know, that that um, focus from our business yeah. leaders that it's not just the right thing to do. It's the right thing for the business. What's exciting in supply chain right now? I mean, there's so much, right? You've talked about sustainability. Uh -huh. You've talked about agility. You've talked about building resilience. I mean, okay, maybe before we get to that question, maybe if I ask you this, what are the biggest challenges in supply chain right now? Um, I, I think it's this uncertainty. Um, you know, I, I find our, ourselves in supply chain, sometimes we, we like things to be black or, black or white. It's easier to solve a problem when they can be solved black or white. Um, but the ability, you know, as an example, you know, demand planning, right? It's, we, we like to know and like to have an accurate demand plan. 
uh, and we demand that of our commercial partners. But in the reality, who can really predict six months out what people are going to want and buy and, and, and how successful some of our new product offerings are going to be. So, so finding that right balance of what's certain and what's uncertain, that's still going to be an ongoing challenge. And then, then adjusting our, our mindset, uh, our process, and, and then deploying technology that's really around managing volatility. Uh, that's probably the biggest challenge, but, but also the most um, exciting because it's a whole new territory. Well, that, that, that leads to my next question of what's exciting right now. And, um, you know, when you would you have looked back 20, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, when you got into supply chain, could you have foreseen this level of work that you're doing today? Yeah, I don't know if I could have foreseen. I mean, 20 years ago, just, you know, was happy to be working in, in, in uh, something that, that uh, you could see on the shelf, right? Yeah. Uh, so I honestly didn't see it. So the two things, that, you know, most exciting is supply chain having an equal seat at the table now. And that comes with excitement, but that also comes with responsibility. So helping not only to deliver a company's goals, but to shape the company's trajectory is, is really uh, very, uh, very exciting. Um, you know, I also think on, you know, talent. And I think, you know, that, that publicity supply chain is getting is going to bring some really transformative you know, talent to the table, and that's going to make us think differently and, and demand different things. So uh, very exciting, very exciting times that I definitely did not predict uh, 20 years ago. Well, I want to thank you for being here and, and answering our questions and talking to us. Uh, it really does definitely sound very exciting in terms of what you're doing. And and you know what? You're speaking at one of our upcoming events, aren't you? You're speaking at Transform yeah. Live. So no doubt if everybody wants to hear a little bit more of the story, tell us briefly a little bit about what you're going to be talking about there. Yeah, so I, I'm part of a panel, if I'm not mistaken, that's going yep. to talk a little bit about resiliency um, probably more about resiliency um, and, and many aspects of how some practical applications on, on how to progress supply chain resiliency. Well, that's, that's I mean, you know, what, we all need practical advice right now on building resilience because we can't predict what's going to be happening, can we? I mean, we can sort of try and, uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's, it's all up in the air. This, this virus has been, has, has certainly uh, uh, changed things, hasn't it? It has. So, Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here and uh, I'm sure we'll see you again very soon. Yes, Maria, thank you so much for the opportunity. And for those of you watching at home, thank you so much for tuning in.